right, so we are here today with Miss Paige Turner. Paige, thank you so much for coming on to uh, the Bauer Real Estate Podcast. Thank you, Johnny Grant, for having me. I'm, I'm very honored and blessed to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know you have a huge following. I know you um, fairly well. Uh, we're in the same brokerage. Yes. I know you're from L.A. Yes. But um, tell, tell the people who you are. Where are you from? You're, you're from L.A. From L.A. Well, I'm Paige Turner. I'm from yeah. Los Angeles, yeah. born and raised. I moved with my babies here to Nashville in the year of 2000 Okay. as a single mom with three in tow. Two of them are twins, like yeah. you're about to yeah. experience. Um, they're all now... Um, all three of them are now graduated from college, and I have been here since 2000. Wow. Got my real estate license in 2003, and I'm still here full-time. Yeah. So what brought you to Nashville from L.A.? Oh, well, <laughs> let's say um, a much easier lifestyle, okay. affordability. Okay. Yeah. And when I was here um, doing some work out here from Los Angeles, people were nice. Yeah. Like, y'all come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice to meet yeah, you. And I'm like, sure. what? Really? Sure. You're yeah. happy to meet me? And I said, you know, when I got back to L.A. from that business trip in April of 2000, I called my mom and I was in tears. And I was like, there's a better way to live. Right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know there were nice people. I didn't know people made eye contact yeah. and said, I never even heard people say yes, sir, or no, ma'am. Never yeah. heard that in yeah. my life. Um, I just didn't know. You've heard of Southern hospitality, sure. but I never experienced it. And that was in April of 2000, and I was packed up in a U-Haul with a map because of 2000 when you were just you a pup. You didn't have GPS. We didn't have GPS. Yeah. We didn't have map quests. We didn't have any of that, this yeah. fancy stuff we yeah. have. I had a map, a yeah. U-Haul, and my Jeep Cherokee yeah. on the back, okay. and three little babies in the back seat wow. in the car seats. And we pulled up in um, July of 2000. Wow. So just a few months later. coming up on your anniversary of moving yes. to Nashville. July 17th. Nice. Mm-hmm. So did you start real estate, getting real estate right when you got to Nashville? I didn't. Now, what's interesting is that I was working for Magic Johnson for many, many years, okay. up until I moved here, as a matter of fact. And okay. um, I was he had opened up Johnson Development Corporation. Okay. I was going to get my license then because okay. it only made sense. So I took the classes, but I never took the test because it was interrupted by me coming here okay. and falling in love with Nashville, Yeah. which was a very, very small city at the time. Yeah. Um, and so when I got here, I didn't have a job. I had never seen the house that I moved into. When I was here working on a project, I met a sweet couple from a church and they were like, well, call us. We were very kindred when we met. Yeah. And I called them. I was like, I don't have money to fly back. You know, we didn't have digital cameras back then. We had uh -huh. film. And I said, you know, but it was really great meeting you. Would you know anybody who's renting a house? All I know is I have to get to Nashville. Sure. It was just pressing in my heart sure. and my spirit. And um, called to Nashville. Right. No, yeah. really. And yeah. so they said, well, if you trust us and trust the God in us, we'll find you a great place for you and your babies to live. Well, a sweet house at 3161 Town Village Road in Antioch. Had okay. a backyard. It had a okay. propane tank, which I'd never seen before, okay. but now I'm a realtor. I know what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was three bedrooms, two bathrooms with a, a, a gated fence yard. I was like, what? You know, they don't have those in L.A., They don't have right? those in yeah. L.A., and, but I didn't see it until I pulled up at 2 o'clock in the morning. The man left the keys under the mat. I never met him. Wow. I don't even remember filling out an application before I got here. It, was that like culture shock for you? Yeah, because yeah. the rent was only six seventy five or something. Yeah. And I was like, per week? And yeah. he was like, no, per yeah. month. And I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. I just didn't understand yeah. any of this. Yeah. Didn't understand leaving keys under the yeah. mat, yeah. no application. Yeah. He didn't want a deposit. Yeah. He was like, just give me yeah. the rent when you get here. Yeah. So um, that was all a culture shock. But got here in 2000, and I didn't have a job. Like I said, I didn't know what I was going to do. For sure. At all. Yeah. Um, and... The two people I met, Craig and Diane Miner, um, wonderful people. Craig passed away many, many years ago. Um, they knew a friend who was a lender. Okay. The lender happened to be looking for a processor. I never knew this side of... Sure. Nobody buys a house. Yeah, now, yeah. Right? Even back then, they weren't yeah. buying houses. We were, okay. we were renters. Okay. And um, long story short, Dwayne hired me to be his processor, so okay. I was loan processing, but I was like, hi, I got to do something else. He's like, you know, you should get a real estate license. And I said, well, you know... I took the classes in L.A., so I'm very familiar with it. I sure. just didn't take the state exam. Yeah. So I knocked it out, and I got my license in February or March of 2003. Got it. Nice. Yeah. And so you've been doing, doing real it ever full since. time ever since. Yeah. So what were you doing in L.A. prior to that? Prior you to know, I've only my parents were entrepreneurs. Um, at that moment, um, I had worked for Magic for about seven years. Okay. Started off as. Um, a receptionist okay. and just moved up in his company. Did you see an ad at the, did you have the internet back then? You know what? We <laughs> had, had AOL dial-up. Okay. So it was like, dun, 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 dun. Okay. you know, any of the old yeah. schoolers out there know yeah, exactly yeah. What, what I mean. Yeah. But no, um, 
uh, how, okay, so before Magic, I was working for Spike Lee's clothing company. Wow, which so was you've called. You've been like so connected for well, so it's long. LA. It's okay, LA. Yeah. You know, everybody. Yeah. I, I grew up knowing all yeah. kinds of people. I knew yeah. Tupac. I did all okay. that. Okay, really? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. I was awesome. I was at the party when Biggie got shot. I mean, oh the whole night. Oh my gosh. I was there. That is crazy. <laughs> That's not maybe the best side of LA, but I knew everybody. I did not know this. Up. All right, go ahead. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool story. But um, so I was working for Spike Lee at Spike's Joint West, but okay. I was the marketing director's assistant. So we okay. worked upstairs from the store. Okay. Um, she parted ways from Spike and she knew everybody. She was like, she was my mentor. She passed okay. away many, many years ago as well. But she was like the me of back then. Sure. She knew everybody in LA. Yeah. And so she happened to run into Irvin um, at a restaurant and he was like, hey, I'm going to open Magic Johnson Enterprises. You want to come and run it? And she was like, yeah. I'm gonna bring my girl too, you know, because I was her assistant for many years, yeah. like her little sister. So she yeah. pulled me so in. She pulled you out. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I told you earlier yeah, before yeah, we started. Yeah, Listen, yeah. I pull people yeah, up. Yeah. Okay. Because that's sure. how I've been so blessed yeah. by people who have really poured into me. Yeah. So it's my Absolutely. job to do the same yeah. to the next yeah. person yeah. or people. Yeah. Um, so that's how we started working for Urban. No, I didn't apply or anything. It was just boom, boom. It was just like, hey, I'm gonna work for Magic. Now you wanna come? I'm like, absolutely. That's crazy. Bye, bye. So we went over to work for Magic and I was there until I moved here. Wow. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, and so you got started oh three selling real estate. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what was your kind of what were your first kind of few years like selling real estate? Did you come out the gates really strong? Um, not really strong because I was still pretty young. Um, I first joined a big company. I was living in Antioch. Okay. Now, well, let me say this: I was renting in Antioch and. I did things really backwards. Sure. I didn't have a mentor. I bought a house. Okay. I was driving around. I didn't understand really what buying a house is about because, yeah. like I said, we don't buy yeah, houses in yeah, LA. We yeah, rent. Yeah. You know, we'll rent an apartment and have a Bentley yeah. in a minute. Yeah. Everything yeah. No, is backwards. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I was just driving around my neighborhood in Antioch near, you know, Percy Priest Lake adjacent and um, saw a house with a set for sale sign. I called the number. The agent answered. She ran right over. I didn't like that house. She showed me another house. I fell in love with it. Okay. And somehow I bought it with no real job. Yeah. I didn't have my license at this yeah. point. I was processing, but that was about it. But back then, they had what was called stated income. Have you heard of that, Johnny Grant? Is that where you just kind of state what your income is? And because they if your it? credit score is okay, you don't have to prove your income. You can just tell them. I said, I make this much money. And they said, okay, well, your credit score says the same. Do you have a down payment? I was like, how much? They were like, I don't know, whatever it was down. I was like, yeah, I have it. And they were like, okay, well, let's go to closing. Nice. Now, that's what got us into housing crash, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one yeah, of the yeah, reasons. Yeah, one of the yeah, reasons. Yeah. But um, it was called stated income. So I bought this house, which I ended up raising my, my girls in for about 16 years. Um, and when I was still processing, I don't know why I didn't have an agent, but I didn't. The lady yeah. on the side became my agent. As soon as I went and took my real estate class, I went back and looked at all my housing documents. And I was like, oh, half of them weren't signed. Half of my papers weren't signed. Like all of our addendums that we yeah, have yeah. to have. God bless her. I don't even think she's in the business anymore. Um, she didn't ask for closing costs. She didn't ask for home warranty. She didn't ask for anything back in 2003. She could have asked for. Sure. I mean, I paid full price and I was so mad. So I went and I took that test, passed that test, and I said, I will never ever allow a first time buyer to be. And then I had a healthy down payment. When I say healthy, it was much more than 20%. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She referred me to a predatory lender where at the time I think interest rates were probably 7%, if you could imagine that. Wow. That was the yeah. norm. My interest rate was 14%. Oh my gosh. So I had been in my house about, I don't know, less than a year. Let's just say six to yeah. eight months. And I was like, because <gasps> now I'm understanding being on the backside of lending. I'm understanding interest rates and purchasing and what a realtor, what a realtor and what a loan officer should be looking out for us sure. as first time home buyers. And she did it. And so the lender I worked for looked at it and went, <gasps> so he refinanced me right then, you know, took a couple of weeks. I came back down to seven, seven and a half percent, whatever it was back then. And I said, I will never, ever let a home, uh, first time home buyer, especially, be misled the way I was and taken advantage of by a lender, a predatory lender, or by a realtor who was clearly not educated or and or did not care sure. about, she was just shuffling paperwork and yeah. trying to get to her check. Yeah. And so that has been my base of how I treat my clients and how I've grown my business. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, okay, when did you really start? Oh, start so, cranking. Sorry. So you said, did you start cranking? Um, so I started, I, you know, 
I don't know. And it's such a I relative. I did really well. I mean, when I look at it back now, I probably made forty or 50000 my first yeah. year, which I only knew at that point probably 10 people in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. But they were all so supportive of me. You know, they knew I was a single mom. I had these three babies. They knew I was working really hard. I was really smart, really was loving what I was doing in real estate. So they were referring people. Um, and then it became word of mouth. I mean, I've just been blessed to have a very consistent referral network. Sure. You know, um, yeah. when I go hard, my business goes hard. If I'm just chilling, then that my income will reflect. You That's know, everyone, just, right? Right, I yeah. know. So it depends on, you know, where my passion level is. You know, as yeah. of late, I'm back flying high. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, but I think I did I did pretty good, but it was still word of mouth. Yeah. You know, I've, as I've grown now, I know, wow, I wish I had a business plan back then and a marketing plan sure, back yeah, then. Yeah. And it was a little different because mm -hmm. we had, oh, gosh, we didn't have any social media. I think we had MySpace. MySpace, yeah, MySpace. But that was yeah. music, so yeah, I wasn't yeah, yeah. putting my... Yeah, no one, no one had done it yet. Yeah, no one had done it yet. It yeah. for what it could have been. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But um, I think I did, like, postcard mailers. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. my grandma or my yeah. mom for some money to do yeah. that. I don't know that that ever worked because I wasn't consistent. Yeah. You have to be consistent sure. with marketing, yeah. right? Any yeah. market, even yeah, yeah, social yeah. media marketing, yeah. you have to yeah, be consistent. You gotta, yeah. Consistency the is the key yeah. in any form of business yeah. marketing. Yeah. So, um, but I think I did fair. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, and so, well, real quick, ADD, are your parents still entrepreneurs? Me too. Um, my mother, well, she's retired. She's 78 now. Okay. My dad passed when I was eight. But yes, she remained an entrepreneur. She became a writer, an oh, author. Cool. Um, hence my name, Paige Turner. That's what she always wanted oh, to be. Oh, that's awesome. And so that's what she wanted me to that's be cool. as well. Um, so, how did yeah. You, how did you name your kids? Like, what, how, like was there, because there was a lot of meaning, for, or some yeah. meaning for Paige? Did you carry that in? With, I, I did, but I was yeah. very young. Okay, Okay, yeah, and yeah. I was very, so my first daughter's name, I really did think about her name. Her name is Zaire Quinn, and okay. Zaire, of course, is a... a city that's been exiled now but um not a city a country in <laughs> yeah, africa yeah, yeah. and so i really wanted a z name and i really wanted q names okay i wasn't as witty as my mom was yeah. but their name does have a lot of meanings yeah. like you're quincy and kai i wanted a girl i had a girl but i wanted a boy name and yeah. i grew up with um one of my best friends growing up was quincy one of quincy jones daughters okay. and so i always said i'm gonna name my child after you i love that yeah. name quincy you know, I thought it was gonna be a boy yeah she turned a girl and i was like you know what you're still gonna be quincy nice yeah, so, it works. yeah so it all worked out cool i love it i love yeah. it yeah we've been um, we kind of tabled the conversation of like naming our kids, especially because we you put it in public. Yeah, well, we were having so we were having such friction because there was names that she would like and I didn't like, and there were <laughs> names that the names that I liked she didn't like, mm. and so we finally, I think, a couple days ago, just you know, like we settled on something. So we're super. Well, let me say this: excited. as an experienced mom of three, yeah. I did know that Quincy was going to be Quincy. Mm -hmm. Okay, now Zaire, my oldest one, her third name because she has mm -hmm. so many I, she, she was so wonderful yeah, so my yeah, first child yeah. i wanted to give her all yeah, these names yeah. but we called her sydney while i was pregnant with her okay when she was born we called her sydney okay but when when she when she actually was born and she came out and she came out of sydney i was like wow you're so much more powerful than sydney mm. and so i went oh my gosh so i you know i went back to the baby name books mm. and i was like i need something that's really she's gonna leave a dent in this yeah earth. and sydney was cute yeah but it was very trendy back yeah. then and I was like, I really want her to stand up. So her name, her first name is Zaire Quinn, yeah. which Zaire means a song and Quinn is soothing. Yeah. So her name is a soothing song in essence. Yeah. And then we, I still kept Sydney as her technical yeah. middle name because we always called her yeah. that, but we never call her that now. Yeah. So I would just say that once the babies come out, you might have, like, I knew when they were in my stomach, twin A and twin B, I knew twin A was Quincy. I didn't know who Twin B was. Yeah. When she came out, I said, oh, she's a Quincy. Yeah. She's a Quincy Alexis. Yeah. But when Twin B came out, I said, now, who is this lady? Sure. Yeah. It took me two and a half days to name her. Wow. And her name is Kai, which is a flower in Hawaiian with a Q, though, which is phonetically Quay. I was young. But, you know, I, I, I couldn't name her. I was sure. like, who is she? Yeah. I always knew Quincy, but I never knew who Baby B was yeah. until I saw her. Yeah, so, I get it. That makes sense. You guys so might we, be settled on these names and these babies come. I feel, so I feel there's so okay. The, what, what's interesting is I'm probably most excited about the middle names. Mm -hmm. So the middle names are James and John, mm -hmm. and so when you know Jesus, he chose his twelve mm -hmm. disciples, the intimate twelve. He had three best friends, and it was Peter, James, and John. Mm -hmm. And so James and John, they were actually physical brothers, and he and he and he um, gave them the nickname Sons of Thunder. 
Wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So James and John were physical wow. brothers, two of Jesus' best friends, and sons, of, and sons of thunder. Wow. Yeah. And that's so, exciting. Like, I get like borderline like emotional like thinking that's their about brand it because, though you know that's their brand yeah but like, that's why i want to speak into them like yeah. y'all are powerful like your best friends in jesus you know like you're going to change the world you're going to have an impact absolutely and like it just it means so much to me and then they need an instagram page sons of thunder yeah yeah, yeah sons start of marketing yeah, them yeah, yeah, listen yeah. they might as well start paying for i saw a really cool um black and white painting of these mm -hmm. two like thunderbolts that was just this huge storm it was just beautiful like i want to get wow. in and hang out there you have to you yeah. have to. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I yeah, have yeah. J2. Yeah. I'm calling them J2. Yeah. And they both get to be JG, which I'm JG. I you love know, that. so it's like, it's yeah, cool. That's dope. And then, um, my my wife, her maiden name is Tucker. Mm -hmm. Her grandfather was a war hero in World mm -hmm. War II. Um, so wow. we really like that. Love that. And then, kind of, we, we were, we had Tucker now, like. Now, that baby A? Yeah. So here's what's interesting. You said, like, okay, you'll know, like, we have been, we, We've been, we, the whole time, we've just been calling them Baby A and Baby B. Yeah. Baby A, Baby B. Yeah. Um, and then we've like, okay, we think we like Tucker. And then we're flipping through his name books, flipping through his name books. And we scrolled over Maverick, which I'm a very, like, conservative. I've always wanted super conservative names. But we scrolled oh, over yeah. Maverick, and we kind of looked at each other, and we were like, is that kind of dope? And we're like, like, we Mav. think it's kind of dope. I think Mav is kind of <laughs> hot, so, though. Maverick and Tucker? Yeah. Oh, so, my God. They're going to be the yeah, hottest boys yeah, in high school. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready for it. You might need to name it. up, like, something really super nerdy. No, I'm ready for it. Because so, they're going to be, oh. Yeah. And so. Um, That's pretty cool. And we, so, yeah, so we loved it. And so, yeah. but but Maverick, it's, um, you know, it's an independent person, it's a leader, does things their own way. It's a top gun. Yeah. It's and, top yeah, moves. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And so, um Baby, um, baby B, he's always like just active, kicking and whatever. Like that's Maverick, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. That's we'll really see. cute. But we did, we did say that we're gonna wait until they come out. Yeah, and we'll, it's been a couple yeah. days. Are they we're identical? Uh, no. I mean, okay. there's a chance that that they could be, but they're not in the same sack, sack or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, so we're excited. And my twins came out looking like night and day. Really? They don't look related. Okay. Not even like sisters. even still. Yeah. One wow. is five ten. One is five seven. Okay. One is. Brown. One is very fair. Okay. One has massively curly hair this way. One has massively curly hair that way. Okay. They don't look alike. I love it. Now my oldest one and my baby twin look alike. That middle one looks just like her grandmother. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, so okay. So back to real I estate. I segue. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So back to real estate. So I know that you like crushed it in the recession. Well, oh, right? my God, it was good, yeah. Right? I did. So, I'll take that. was that like a, a, a ramp up, or was it like, did you have to, what was that like? That was an ultimate fail, and me asking God to tap into my creative genius so that I can stay in this business and still provide for my family. Mm -hmm. Because I've never had a job, unless it was with an amazing entrepreneur, which is not like clocking in yeah, you're for a corporate or government agency yeah. we were cool and chilling like yeah. this yeah, yeah, you know yeah. just it's as long as we work, did our work right? we, were, work. we were fine yeah, yeah. you know it was creative and um so at that point i got my license in 2003 so now fast forward it's 2007 i opened my brokerage in 2006 so i had my license for three years and i took the broker test and opened up egap real estate yeah. had a very nice office that was very expensive down in germantown before germantown okay. was germantown on but jefferson street yeah but still expensive yeah. Um, and I had about 38, almost 40 agents. Um, and wow. then all of a sudden, this come, is 06, 07? This is, yeah, this is from 06, 07. And so now we're going into 08. And I'm like, why am I going into my savings account? Hold on, to so, pay the so bills? 03, you got your license. Mm -hmm. And by 06, you had 40 agents? 07. I opened my business in 06. And then I had. Okay, so 03. And then, so three years in the, into the business, you mm -hmm. start your own business. Mm -hmm. And then a year yeah, later, you got mm -hmm. 40 agents. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. It was. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you know, people, you know, people are attracted to you. I think when people are attracted to people, Thank you. they're mm -hmm. like, hey, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Like, let's, let's roll. Let's, let's roll. It. Let's roll. You know, EGAP yeah. Real Estate, let's do it. Yeah. It's just my name. Sure. Childhood nickname. My dad yeah. called me EGAP Rinrut. Yeah. Just Paige Turner backwards. And so I didn't want to name the company Paige Real Estate, but I wanted my name in it. So I was yeah, like, yeah, my yeah. dad, you know, still yeah. my dude. So it's yeah. EGAP. Um, but yeah, so by 2008, I'm like, um, why am I, I didn't have a mentor. 
Google wasn't really anything hot then, so I didn't understand a housing crash. I didn't understand um, a recession. I'm like, all I know is I've been making good money for the last four years, and now, or almost five years, and now I'm like, what does this mean? And I'm spending as much money as I'm making because I thought this was going to be my life for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. You know, when you don't yeah. have a mentor and you don't have somebody. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're making, yeah, you're, you're I'm going to make it yeah, back yeah, next exactly, week anyway. I'm exactly. good right now. I'm yeah. really closing exactly, good at this point. Yeah. So then the crash came and then agents started leaving, started getting jobs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go. I got to get out this lease, which, thank God, relationship trumps anything in the world mm, you know yeah. the dude understood and i was like i can't pay this anymore i mean i'm spending this rent was seventeen hundred dollars before utilities Ooh. you know back then that's yeah that's crazy and i was like i can't do it so he didn't sue me or anything he just let me out of the lease okay and i went and got a small executive suites in um uh coming station okay before it was coming station yeah. before there was a gulch and so i was there and which was fine because I said, I have to keep selling real estate. And so all that kept really ringing in my mind was real estate still has, somebody has to buy, somebody has to sell, oh, yeah. you know? So I turned to property management, which I hated and I'll never okay. do it again, but it was a saving grace for that season. Yeah. And while I was doing that and really just asking God, okay, show me, show me, show me. Cause it was only paying my bare minimum, you know? So there were no extras during the property management time. Cause I didn't have a lot of experience. And so I didn't want to take on too much, but I took on enough properties, which was also a blessing just to cover my bills yeah. and make sure that my kids had sure you were you know, good. something. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, okay, I got to keep working. Got to keep working just to find what is next out there. And I happened to read um, on Real Tracks. Real Tracks has a, a section that says um, updates yeah. and information. Yeah. I never, who reads it? Yeah, yeah. I still don't read it. Yeah. I should, but yeah. <laughs> I happened to read it. And a girlfriend of mine mentioned it to me. You know, we have to read, you know, HUD is looking for local listing brokers. I was like, what does that mean? You know, I had sold two HUD houses as a selling agent, but I didn't know what it meant to be a listing agent, you know, what you had to do. So I said, well, let me apply. I only sold a couple of houses, but I know how to write a proposal. Mm -hmm. I know how to write a marketing. Marketing. I know how to sell best myself. realtors, the best marketers. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. And so I put together everything. I put together a whole proposal. It's like 40, 50 pages long bomb marketing plan on how to market HUD homes as if they were luxury listings. Wow. Nobody was doing that. Wow. And out of 3,000 applications, they selected little old me. Wow. And that completely saved my family, saved my house. Wow. Put my kids through private school, got them into the best colleges. I was yeah. able to pay for their colleges just about all the yeah. way. Yeah. And um, it came because I saw an opportunity and I acted on it. That, that brings me to another question from earlier in our conversation. How did you get the job with Spike Lee and, and that whole deal and your first mentor? Um, so Taylor Michaels, who was my first mentor, she pa passed away of pancreatic cancer probably 21 years ago. Okay. Um, but she really groomed me. Um, I almost don't even remember yeah. how I got the job. Yeah. Somehow I met her. And she said, well, what do you do? And I was like, I do marketing. And she was like, oh, but I don't remember how I met Taylor. Sure. She was just always there. I just have this hypothesis that, and, and we'll get to the HGTV thing, that when opportunity presents itself I to Paige it. Turner, I grab it. You, you show up. I do. You know, and I think that so many people miss. Yeah. There's so many opportunities like that go across their plate in life that they didn't grab, yeah. that they don't know where opportunities because they missed them. Well, and you show up. I think you that's a prophetic. Forty, you write a forty-page marketing proposal on something I've never done. On something you've never done. That's life right there. It like is that right there. Do that in life, and you're gonna win. Well, guess what? You know, like I have a book coming out next month. Guess what it's called? You're prophetic right now. Let's let's hear it. It's called the Go Life. Okay. Go is an acronym for seizing your greatest opportunity now. Let's go. When I you love see it. it, you do it. I love it because if you don't. And I don't care who you believe in or what you believe in. There are just principle, life principles that God or whomever you believe in has set up. Mm -hmm. You reap what you sow. You know, just if you if you do the work, you'll see the fruit. Okay, For there's sure. just life principles yeah. that are set up. Yeah. And so I said, you know, whether it's Spike Lee, Magic Johnson, real estate HUD local listing broker that I've been for ten you're years. Get it. You're there's nobody in Nashville that has been a HUD local listing broker you're still, consistently. You're still doing it. And I'm I'm one of the only two or three selling right now because I didn't let go of it. When our market changed, genius. Okay, people were like, "I don't need that." No I don't more. need it anymore it's because there weren't. I don't want to do, okay, yeah. do it. In 2016, I usually get 75 to 100 listings a year. In 2016, I got five 
In 2017, I got four. But in November of 2018, I got three. And I went, that's interesting. Well, now fast forward to almost June of 2019, I've gotten 10. Wow. And I'm getting them because people stop showing up. And I said, well, what, what I've learned in real estate without a mentor, just from my own intellect and really my experience, is that if real estate comes in waves, I was here when we got in this business, the market was good. Then it crashed for 10 years. And then now it's here. So what's the next thing that's going to come? It might not crash, but it's going to go like this. You know, a lot of people are in debt right now Mm -hmm. because the economy is so good. So what do they do? They go get, spin it and go get 12 credit cards and go buy houses and whatever, whatever, you know? And so I'm like, huh, I'm going to keep this Hmm. because, you know, I've been here, here, here. So it's bound to do something else. So I made sure to keep up because it's hard to get into being a HUD listing broker and it's hard to stay in it. It's very, very demanding. You know, they require you to do a whole lot. But they pay you a whole lot, too. Sure. You know, not many people can say that I'm going to go sell 75 houses a year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And as, as a listing agent. Yeah. Um, without a team. And then the buyers you get from it, too. And then the buyers you get yeah. from it, too. So um, back to the Go Life with uh, go life Seizing Your Greatest Opportunity, you just tapped in everything you were saying. It's, it's only because I've seen opportunities and I take them. I yeah. take the risk. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be calculated. Yeah. For what? You just got to go. Because if, yeah. if you don't take the risk, it's zero yeah. from zero. Yeah, yeah. If you take the risk, what is there to lose? Okay. Yeah. No to me just means not now. Yeah. Or something else. Yeah. So yeah. that'll something, be coming out next month. Better. Or yeah. something better. Yeah. And it's usually something better. Yeah. Always, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I love it. So I didn't, even know, I didn't know you had a book coming out. I know. I haven't told anybody. So yeah. this is the first time I've oh, said it awesome. out loud. I haven't put it on social that's media or awesome. anything. I just sent in my final edit uh, yes, day before yesterday. Okay. So the cover's done, everything is done, I'm and I'm Can't excited to too. It. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read that. Yay! It's a good, yeah. it's a good book. So you okay? So you did that. Um, <laughs> all the HUD listings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to build your team around that to be able to, I guess, service all that stuff. Um, yeah. And is that is, when did you start getting the flipping houses? Oh, probably uh, 2007, eight, nine. So 10, 11. Okay. 2010, 11. Um, I just did it, but that was a side thing. You know, I was right. still selling real estate, still doing HUDs and all that. Right. Um, and then 2015 came, well, really 2016. I'm like, oh, prices are getting a little up, you know, high up yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah. that slowed down as well. Yeah. And then I saw the email. Okay. Okay. So I'll let you segue into that. So the email, like the I email so- from. HGTV? Uh, from a production company yeah. that was working for HGTV. Okay. And it said, hey, we're looking for a new couple to be on HGTV, you know, with the formula that they have, which is the husband is a contractor, the wife is a designer or a realtor. And um, I was like, shoot, who do I know? And it was anywhere in the country. And I was just thinking, who do I know? Because I want to put somebody on. I saw the email through um, the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, which is an African-American, um, yeah. the only African-American I'm going to speak to that association in Louisville tomorrow. Are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, you should come. Wow, I almost <laughs> want to. Yeah, yeah. I love NAREB. Yeah. Um, I, I used to be president of the Nashville chapter. Oh, where? Uh, many, many years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm now I'm a member of the Atlanta chapter. Okay. Love NAREB. Well, that's where I saw the email. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I couldn't think of anybody. At 2 o'clock in the morning, I wake up and went, <gasps> what if I rewrite what they're looking for? Because I was still working with my ex, Duran, um, but... We weren't together, and it kind of fits the formula, except that yeah, we're exes. Yeah, there's just one little... It's just we're exes. Yeah. And they hadn't had that on their network. Ever. Now, Tarek and Christina subsequently broke up, but that was after we sure. even did our pilot. Yeah. And so I emailed the production company back, and I was like, hey, my name is Paige. So in by 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm up typing. He didn't have a bio. I didn't have a headshot of him, so I had to go find one on Google, you know, just from, and it was so old. It was from when he was playing football. Put his bio together, put some pictures of some stuff we had done. He was really heavy in new construction then, so this is back in 2016, so I was putting in what he was building. I already had my bio, my headshot, and I put it together, and that morning, by 1 o'clock, I sent it in at like 8 o'clock in the morning. 1 o'clock, it was right around lunch, the producer called me and said, are you guys real? And I was like, yeah. She was like... I want to set up a Skype with you guys. And I said, okay. So the production and company. And like, hey, I did this. You got to I hadn't even told oh the man. My gosh. I called. I said, listen, Deron. It was like, a, let's say, Wednesday or Thursday. I said, next Tuesday, we have a Skype call with a network and a production company. I'm going to come to your office, bring my laptop. He was like, for what? I was like, I'll explain when I get there. We're on Skype like this. And he still had no idea what I was doing. He was like, wow. what's this for? I was like, just follow along. He wow. was like, okay. So he followed along. 
Maybe two weeks after that, the production company was like, we want to come down to Nashville and do a sizzle reel. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what that is. That's fine. They came they down. They put the bill for that? The sizzle reel? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, they cool, did. Cool, they cool, did. Cool. Um, because really, it was, yeah, it was their gig. Yeah. They were going to you know, present that, it to the network. Not to interrupt. Yeah, so the, the network, did they just say like, Put some feelers out there to multiple production companies, I and like, so, yo, probably. whoever wins wins. Absolutely, okay, I think cool. so. In fact, yes, they must have because at the time, um, my production company, the executive producer, she sent to me the other reels they had received from other couples that looked like us. Okay, and mm-hmm. one was in Alabama, one was in Los Angeles, and I was like, oh, we have competition. There's just other people who are yeah, in the same for mix. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was different production companies who were doing that. So okay. it's kind of like the race of who's going to okay. win. So they knocked out the sizzle reel in two days. You know, it took about probably 12 hours to put together a three minute spiel, and it was really cute. And then maybe a month or so after that, they were like, hey, the network wants to give you guys a pilot. I'm like, what? That's cool. So Deron was still like, what? I was like, come on, just, we got to do a pilot. I had to find a house. Um, so we found a house in North Nashville. And you we, find it. You get an opportunity. If there's an bet, opportunity, you just figure it out. Well, because it's going to, whatever you need is going to make itself available to yeah. you. Right? I, I, yeah, I believe that. And I totally For believe sure. that. I believe that. You know, if, if this is in your, your cards, you won't know. If it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. And I literally was driving around. One of my best friends is a vice president of a bank, Citizens Bank. And I said, I got to find a house. She said, well, you know, one of my clients, his father just passed. So I went and knocked on the door. I thought his wife was still there. She had passed too. So I said, okay. So I had to deal with the son. But anyways, we bought the house from them. Like in two weeks, we closed. Yeah. And then um, we did the pilot at that house on Underwood. Wow. In North Nashville. And then from the pilot, they were like, hey, you had great ratings. We love the show. We want to give you a season. What? Okay, cool. So then that next summer. How did they get summer, the ratings for the pilot? They, just, they, they put it out there? Oh, Actually, so- Put it on they put national it on, TV? They put it on national TV. We had um, a prime time, 9 p.m. Eastern spot. Okay. And they didn't do any type of promotion. And they just kind of ranked it against their other pilots. Over a million people tuned in. So if a million people tuned into a pilot that didn't have oh, any yeah. commercials, chances oh, are yeah. we might do pretty good. Yeah. So they gave yeah. us season one, and now we just finished airing season two. That's awesome. It's pretty it. cool. I love it. I love the go, because that's a thing. Like, I think people, you have these themes and to me, they're God themes. Absolutely. But that, but that people resonate with, and they can you see them over and over yeah. in your life. And uh, I just love that. I love it. I love it with the. I'm sure that there there was some of that in the Spike Lee thing. I, you know, with the HUD thing, the HGTV All, thing. Yeah, my whole probably, life. Exactly. And I relate to that so much. That's I mean, why even when I came down Johnny here, Grant. exactly. Yeah. JG right here. Yeah. When I came down here, I came down here. I went. I gotta get to Nashville. Yeah. I didn't care how. I didn't care to yeah. have a job. I didn't care to have these three babies. I just knew that I had to get to Nashville. Yeah. Nashville was like a saving grace and a yeah. saving place for yeah. me. L- LA was swallowing me up. Yeah. And it was killing me. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. You know, it was just too hard. I, I couldn't. I couldn't raise my babies at the time the way I was raised out there. For I was sure. raised very well off. And did it go to low battery? And um. Still going. So um, you know, so. I just said I had to go. Yeah. I had to leave. Yeah. And that's what I did. And Nashville's been the greatest blessing in my life. I love it. I love it. So, so HGTV, has that been like, do you get a bunch of business from it or like, like real estate? Interesting. People hitting you up? Because I have this thing. So when I did these, when I started doing those parody music videos, Mm -hmm. what was interesting was at first it hurt my business because people were like, Johnny, you know what? Like you're too busy. Because I wasn't doing a good job. I'm, I'm being real. I wasn't doing a good job keeping up with Balancing and like it. loving on my sphere and like because yeah. they thought they were like, oh, you're you're just you're yeah. not you don't have time for us anymore. Right, right. You know, and I had to pivot and I do have time. Oh, I communicate right. that, um, and it came back and increased. Mm-hmm. But does that make sense? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Jesus wasn't loved in his own hometown either. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, and people do think. <laughs> and we oh, can talk about that too. We really can. I mean, yeah. people think, oh, she's too busy. Yeah. You know, she doesn't have interest anymore. And I, I know it didn't grow my business in Nashville. Mm-hmm. It grew my business from across the rest of the country. For sure. Phone ring every time the episode aired. We be my agent. We lose my house. Oh my god! Oh my god! But guess what? Season one and see, well, not season two, but season one and filming season two. I owned EGAP Real Estate. I'm only licensed in Georgia and in Tennessee. 
So if you're calling me from LA or Las Vegas or Wichita, wherever you're calling from, Louisville, I can't service you. All I can do is pick up the phone and hope I find a good realtor somewhere, you know, with a different company, you know, whatever company that is. And this isn't even a plug, but is this why you got into e went to EXP? It subsequently, yes, it wasn't the first reason, but then I yeah, started thinking, wait a minute, I didn't, I signed up with EXP. Before so I understood got people what it was. you up in different like now I can. states, like yes. Now we okay. have agents across yeah. the country. Yeah. Um, and now when my phone rings and it's a call for EGAP because of the show is airing, right, I'm second. good. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. EGAP's team. E team EGAP is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Right. And if it's not, they're going to be planted, yeah, which sure. is in a phone call through Facebook. Yeah. Or yeah. workplace. Yeah. Um. So that is one, one of the after I found out what EXP was, I was like, yeah. oh, I can do that? I yeah. understand. So, um, but no, from Nashville, no. No. Yeah. Not because of the show. Um, not as much as you think. I'm not mm -hmm. saying zero. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there was an increase, but I wouldn't say that it was I think it really would separate the people who were like really really love you and mess with you and then people who because sometimes i mean when success is too close to home and you're not tasting it mm -hmm. it puts you in your feelings oh it and does and, and there's start, agents who are in their feelings oh for sure that, and, and that's what i'm saying not from like, exp but from other companies yeah yeah mm -hmm. and so because their intention know. isn't to be a great real estate agent or broker their intention is to write songs mm -hmm. their intention is to be on television themselves yeah their intention is to be an actor or a model or whatever mm -hmm. and so this becomes a side hustle to them yeah you have to figure out a way which you had to learn okay i want to do this um in marketing and in television and in you know on um podcasts but i'm also going to be the best realtor i can be for sure and yeah. if you don't have that alignment and understanding then jealousy is going to creep in mm -hmm. and then now you're hated yeah. you know now people are hating on you and i'm like that's ridiculous yeah it is ridiculous and then also i think people the the average person doesn't understand that I flip houses on TV, but I'm still a broker and I still sure. sell houses for a living. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think that they just don't know how to, they separate it instead of merging it. And I also think it's important too, like you can't look at some, someone on the outside, like even though like you're a great person and the show is entertaining and say, you know what, like I want to be like Paige. Like you can be inspired by Paige, but you don't know what went on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know you just don't know the whole story. Yeah. And so it's it's foolish to waste your mental and emotional energy foolish. on something that you see on the surface. And that's yeah. why social media can be so dangerous oh, for, for people because you, you get to see in this like life that people portray and it's like yeah. you don't I mean you don't you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They don't. And if they did know, they probably wouldn't want to for do sure, it. For sure, for sure. Because there's many times where I'm like, cheese. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I have to do yeah. this for the gram. But yeah. then I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's hard. Yeah. I mean, just being, forget TV, just being a real estate agent sure. is hard. Yeah. It is hard yeah. if that's your full-time career, not gig, not hustle. I hate when people say, are you in the real estate game? This is not a game. Yeah. I have to, I have to feed my babies. Mm -hmm. This is my career. Yeah. This is a job just like a dentist, just like... A doctor but guess what it's harder because I'm only paid based off of my performance and how much you as a buyer or a seller believe in me yeah yeah you keep the lights on in the building you know like, yeah, <laughs> like every day yeah if yeah. I don't get up and work those lights are gonna go out yeah for sure so what would you say to you know a brand new agent or mm -hmm. a struggling agent is a hey page what do I do I want to sell more houses like mm -hmm. what should I do tomorrow what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I, I would say, of course, my go-to is always do the work. A lot of people, you know, as soon that's as they really see... Easy. That's really, that, that's really, you know, like... I mean, you, you have to have your business plan. <laughs> you work your business plan. Your business plan should work for you. If it's not working for you, then you have to find a mentor. You have to find somebody to say, hey, why do you think this is not working for me? Why is my... Now, if it's not written down, then don't come to me with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's not a... Fortune five company, five hundred company out here that does not have a written plan. And that you know, and that's that simple thing I think is the kicker. So like you're a true hustler, so you want to go into something like without a plan, and you're going to work the plan. Mm -hmm. And so I think the the problem where what I see with a lot of agents is they're spinning their wheels trying a bunch of different things, mm -hmm. and I'm like this isn't working. I'm not getting anywhere. Well, it's not working because it's not in the context of a mm -hmm. plan. Exactly. Like you don't know where you're going at all. And so you're going in circles. Yeah. And so I think something as simple as, hey, first things first, mm -hmm. put a plan together. That's number one. Yeah. We are independent contractors, which makes us entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. 
which means that when you come into this business, you're probably coming from a place where you get issued a W-2. I haven't seen a W-2 since 1999 and until I got on this show, I get W-2. Whoa, okay. Yeah. So there's an cool. there's an easement. It's yeah. interesting. There's an yeah. ease an ease, not easement. I'm such a realtor. There's an no, ease getting... with getting a W two. Oh yeah. But getting a ten ninety nine is a whole different world. Oh yeah. That means that my income is solely based on my performance. Mm -hmm. So I need to sit down because whoever was issuing me that W two in corporate America, they have a business plan. Mm -hmm. They have a marketing plan. Oh yeah. They have contingency plans. Yeah. So budgets. you have to have budgets. Yeah. You have to have all that as well. Yeah. And it's okay if something's not working, but you have to sit down and look at okay, well, where am I coming up short? Oh, I'm not getting up at six thirty a.m. to start working. Yeah. Oh, I'm not working certain set hours. Now we're in this business to also be flexible to spend time with our babies right but that doesn't mean that i'm not working and putting in my hours so that i can say i'm going on this field trip but i'm going to in my plan i already know okay from 12 to 4 i'm with my kids but guess what from 5 to 9 i'm grinding back yeah. out yeah or i'm getting up at 5 30 before they even wake up and yeah. i'm going to be tired until my business has a good rhythm and i have other agents working for me and now we have more consistency mm -hmm. you know but when it's just you and you're a new agent or you're a struggling agent I guarantee you 99.9% of the time you do not have a plan written. Yeah. There's two life principles. It doesn't matter what you believe in, but where there is no vision, the people perish. Yeah. And also, write the vision and make it plain so that he who reads it will run. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't have a vision, you're out of here. Yeah. If you have one, but you're not working it, you're not presenting it to people so that they can run with it, yeah. you're still failing. Yeah, for sure. I guarantee you, there's, if yeah. you're failing in this business, yeah. you don't have a plan. Yeah, yeah. Or you're, not, or, or you're not working it. It's or you're not working one of those two things. Write the plan, work the plan, the plan will work for you, yeah. period. Yeah. I'm a single mom, three kids, didn't go to college, didn't want to go to college, could have got to college, got accepted to college, didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. That's that LA hustle thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm working for top entrepreneurs. I'm good. Oh, yeah. Y'all can sit in here if you want to. I'm going to go make this yeah, money. But what's sure. interesting is, because of all of these written plans, I wrote a plan and I presented it to God. I know that sounds crazy, but I did a PowerPoint no, back in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Me and God and my three little babies sitting in this little apartment in Van Nuys, California. Because I said, oh, I'm very, I'm an emotional buyer. Okay. And I said, okay, if I'm going to move to Nashville, I'm going to present this to God to make sure that this is not, this is truly the Lord moving me to Nashville, not my emotions because I'm so trapped in LA. Yeah. And I did a whole PowerPoint presentation and I got here. And God is, and I didn't know I was going to be a realtor. I didn't know any of this. I just knew I had to get to Nashville, but I wrote that plan and I worked that plan. And it's interesting that when you do it and you can change your plan. I mean, blueprints, they change all the time. You know, you can have a blueprint to build a house and then you actually take that blueprint to that lot and say, uh oh, we're off a little bit. We have to change this foot over here or this footing over here. Oh, I don't want that type of, you know, I need to do a different overlay, whatever you want to do. So plans can change, but you have to have a basis to work from something. Also love, I think, the point that, you know, for emotional people or maybe even creative people, being wise enough and knowing yourself enough to say, you know, I need to have certain boundaries yeah. when I'm feeling tempted to go to pivot. Right. You know? Yeah. Certain... Um, what are, what, what are the things they put up in the, in the, in the, when you're bowling? The, uh, oh, the pins. No, no, the, 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 um, the bumpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to have bumpers for yourself. Oh, and so good. it's like, you know, for you, is that PowerPoint is God. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking of pivoting. Let's talk to God about this. Like, whoever you are, you've got to have that. You have to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I had to, yeah. I should say. Maybe not everybody goes yeah. through all that drama, but for me, as for me in my house, yeah. um, it works and it makes sense, you yeah. know? And I've really learned the older I, the older you get, you kind of learn when you have to make that pivot, I call it, you have to self-correct, yeah. you know? Because sometimes, you know, with EGAP, I had such this owner pride and I was drowning. Oh, for sure. Instead yeah. of reaching out to somebody and say, I need help, which in real estate, we are so simple-minded as far as helping other agents go, mine, 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 this is my team and my way and my, you know, how I do things. I'll never share it with you. Even if we're in the same brokerage, yeah. you'll never know my tricks, For sure. yeah. you know? And I didn't, even if I wanted to call somebody, who was going to call somebody who at Keller? Call, yeah. Somebody, I'm, yeah. I'm an independent yeah. broker. I've been one for 13 and a half years yeah. and I was drowning. Mm -hmm. And that owner pride had taken over. I don't know if it was owner pride that took over or I just, I didn't know who to call. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who to ask. What do I do? I'm in this stuck place in this business in one of the most thriving, sunken yeah, sunken place <laughs> in one of the most thriving markets we've been in in Nashville. Yeah. And I mean, I was still making money, but my business was stuck because yeah. either I was going to scale down to two or three or blow up to 50 or a hundred. Yeah. And I just, none of it made, neither one of them made sense to me Yeah. Yeah. until I met our current brokerage ESP. Yeah. So I got two more kind of random questions. Um, what, what, well, first, 
Tupac. You said you met Tupac? Oh, yeah, yeah Tupac. <laughs> yeah, that was the homie. Uh, we didn't like each other. For real? Yeah, we used to always go to the same comedy club. Okay. He was real cool. He ended up getting with my bestie, Kidada. Okay. But he was cool. Yeah, he was okay. a good guy. Good dude? Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. He That's... was very, um, uh, what word am I looking for now? He was, uh, he, he was very strong-minded sure yeah for sure and that, yeah. I mean, that's why people love him. i always yeah. said like he's brilliant no one like strike me down i don't think tupac was like the most amazing rapper it was just, like the passion and then the content of like yeah. kind of what he was talking about it's brilliant which is another life lesson passion and like and, yeah. and what you're talking about people yeah. are gonna you know mess with that mm -hmm. but um actually three so did you learn anything while working with magic johnson like any like kind of business i think i probably um between urban and Taylor mm -hmm. Michaels, my yeah. mentor. Um, I probably learned that was my college. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, I almost started crying. Can't, you can't, Taylor you was can't my college. Be, you can't get you can't, it better. You <laughs> can't. I mean, this is a man who I watched, um, and also um, Ken Lombard, who was his right hand back then. He played basketball with with Irvin, but he was his mastermind. He was one of the masterminds to really grow this man into this. He's probably in the billions right now but he was brilliant in the fact that he was such a risk taker um, one of the first things he did with Magic Johnson development was you know he went and talked to Starbucks there are no Starbucks in urban communities there are no movie theaters in urban communities that's what I want to do and both of the two individual entities Starbucks said that they'll never work in a black community and he opened the first Starbucks in an urban community in Los Angeles and was called Baldwin Hills on La Tierra. And it became at that time one of the highest grossing Starbucks in the country. Mm. And that's because he was like, why wouldn't it? You know, so that's risk taking. That's seeing an opportunity and saying, no, no, we should try this. Yeah. And then same with Magic Johnson Theaters. We opened one in the other side of Baldwin Hills, you know, and um, I think my baby's name and my name's still out there where we got to write our names. That's awesome. Um, he doesn't own them anymore, but it was his one of his missions to open up. Um, movie theaters across the country in sure. urban neighborhoods. So I learned between him and Ken, Ken Lombard and um, Taylor Michaels, I mean, that they were my college. You know, I learned to take risks. Calc some were calculated, some weren't. I mean, he was, who knows how much money he put into that first Starbucks in a black community back in 1999 mm. or maybe 98, but he did it and mm -hmm. he tried it. Yeah. You know, and it worked yeah. and it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I learned everything from them about building a business and being loyal i mean he's had the same people work for him for 20 years now wow. i'd still be working for him had i not moved sure i mean they were very very good as a matter of fact when i had to go on maternity leave with the twins i was pregnant with the twins there he gave me a surprise baby shower mm. and okay. i'm talking about it filled this whole room wow so he was him and cookie were very very good to me and the girls all three of these babies and um, they were my covering, you know, that's how I was able to take care of these kids without mm -hmm. child support and, you know, still have this great job that, that's awesome. you know, when I went on maternity leave, he's like, eh, come back when you want, you know, just really good, that's awesome. good people. But I learned everything from them, taking chances. I learned about being proud. Um, so I learned just everything, that's relationships, awesome. being good to people, being kind to people. You know, that's I've awesome. never seen him be not nasty to people yeah you know i saw him pay his way he would get free stuff all the time too i remember this he would i don't know what concert it was but he i want to go to this concert i was like oh i'll get you tickets he's like no i pay i pay my way i mm. have money those people need us to buy tickets you know people are always trying to get comp tickets and you know go free i, I, I got money and yeah. i said i learned so much just from that yeah you know you don't have to have a free ride just because you can get a free ride mm -hmm. yeah. so i learned a lot from him um, what about, so what was kind of in closing in this whole journey of, up to where, where you're at now, mm -hmm. what's been the hardest part of it? The hardest part? Yeah. Faith isn't easy. Yeah. It made me cry, Johnny Grant. Faith isn't easy. Yeah. You know, you have these three babies, no child support, you didn't go to college, um, and you're in a city where you don't know any people. You only you know a couple, but not many. Um, I think the hardest part was doing the work. Mm -hmm. Doing the work's not easy. Yeah. You know, once you start doing it, it, it becomes easier. But sometimes it's a daily grind to live your dreams and, and take care of your children at the same time. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a daily grind to, I get to wake up and sell people an American dream, but it's not always easy because you don't always close on time. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to become very diligent. Um, the hardest part is being 
diligent in doing the work. Mm -hmm. It will become easier. But, and I'll say this to your wife when she has the babies, uh, and I'll say this to you too, your first responsibility is to them. Mm -hmm. You give them their time, and then you do everything else you need to do. Mm -hmm. That eliminates the frustration. I would see a lot of moms, and I just saw a young mom at my pool in my community, and she was so frustrated with her baby. And I said, give her to me. Give me the baby. She didn't know me from Jack. Okay, I'm a, I'm a girl it. magnet. I said, give me the baby. You go get in the pool. I got her. I, I said, I have it. three girls. I got her. Yeah. And I just held the baby. She came back. I said, let me, she was a young mom. And the baby might have been two and she was bad. As I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That was another conversation. Yeah. But I said, listen, your first responsibility or job, we can call it, is to give the baby time. She was just fighting for your time and you were tired. But you're out here. Give her that time. Put your phone down. That's her time. So when I would get home from work and I just want to talk on the phone or text my girls, but my kids are like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And I was, beca- I was becoming a yelling mom. Yeah. And my mother never yelled at me to this day. She's never, ugh, probably should have been beat yeah. to the core, yeah. but yeah. I was never touched. And, and just as clear as I'm talking, the Holy Spirit said, this is their time. So I would put my phone up. I put my computer up. And from four to nine, it's me and them. Mm-hmm. And there was no frustration. Mm-hmm. There was no yelling anymore. Yeah. You know, I just focused on them. Yeah. And then as they got older, they didn't want anything yeah. to do with me anyway. Yeah. So I got my time, my time back. Yeah. But that's just what it was. And it was just for those years. Yeah. Long 18 years. But it was for those years. This is my first priority. Yeah. And um, so I, that was just a little bit of nuggets there. But yeah, doing the work is probably the hardest, but it's yeah. the most rewarding. For sure. And that's what's going to give you financial peace. Yeah. Freedom. And we're in this business to make money, but you have to know, what are you making money for? I'm making money so that I can give my kids opportunity and freedom Mm -hmm. to travel, to grow, and to have exposure. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And their children. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. And I'll say this to you because I think you'll appreciate it. I think that for for me, myself personally, for Johnny Grant, I've always just carried, like from a young age, a a ton of responsibility on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Like, not that anyone put it on me, but like... Um, a lot of it was watching my mom, mm-hmm. and it's a big reason why I have a lot of respect for you. So she, single mom, five kids, mm-hmm. cancer twice, oh! with, you know. Wow, she's She a did it. She, she got it, it done. Wow. And I was like, man, I got, you know, there's a lot of people that sacrifice for Johnny Grant. That's right. That's you right. You know, I can't live a regular life. No. I can't do it. At all. You know, pe- too many people have done too much for me, and um, I think... You know, even like hearing your story, your daughters are, you know, they're blessed to have you. I think, I mean, you just have such a big responsibility. Our responsibility in this world, kids aside, parents aside, our responsibility in this world is to do God's will Mm -hmm. and his plan for our lives. Mm -hmm. How awful would it be if we got to our last breath and we didn't even touch what he had meant and prepared and purposed for us to do? Didn't even touch it. Didn't even touch it because we were distracted. Mm. From our purpose. Yeah. Shame on us. Mm. I think we're going to end on that. I think so, too. Thank you, Johnny Brand. Thank you. (laughs) That was good.